Yes, for sure. I mean, this is pretty much the same defense that Rockford, the the Hawks AHL affiliate, was running out at the the end of last season, except for Connor Murphy, uh, who's really the one established veteran left. I mean, you don't have Seth Jones, uh, who was injured late in the third period Sunday against Washington. It initially sounded like he'd be all right, but now not on the trip with an upper body injury. It looked like a shoulder to me. Uh, you already have Kevin Korchinski away from the team uh, dealing with a family matter. So that that had been your top pair for most of the year. So at this point, it's four rookies and Alex Vlasic, Louis Crevier, Isaac Phillips, and Philip Roos who will be making his season debut tonight. Uh, and then Connor Murphy and a, a journeyman who's, who's also struggled quite a bit in Nikita Zaitsev. So uh, definitely going to be a, a tall task for uh, for this defense to, to stack up tonight. And, and you know, Ben, I – I was my plan was to talk about injuries to the forwards <laughs> because you know there's Taylor Hall obviously Corey Perry out but but Taylor Hall injury like I don't mind what Chicago is trying to do here to provide uh, Connor Bedard and we'll talk to him in a second but to provide him with a lot of like veteran options and some really good quality players but injuries have really had an impact on this team. Yeah, it's definitely um, kind of sent the plan awry. Um, they had brought in. Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, and, and Taylor Hall to be uh, the, the veteran leadership uh, to kind of help boost this forward group after it, it was uh, so undermanned last year. And um, Hall especially probably has the most offensive upside by far out of those three guys at this point in his career, and he was going to be Bedard's right-hand man to give him that support on the fo- first line. And uh, now Perry's obviously gone, Hall out for the season, and you just have Nick Foligno, who's a uh, huge leader in the locker room, but but not really a, a top tier, you know, offensive threat the way Hall would have been. So it's definitely been an impact um, for for weeks now, uh, for for months uh, at this point uh, on the forward side, and now you're also seeing it on defense. So uh, definitely a lot of struggles. Not really the kind of roster that the Hawks were expecting to be able to field at this point. Uh, ben Pope joining us right now from Chicago Sun Times, talking about the Blackhawks, and yet Bedard. Uh, who is like, you know, I mean, there are players around him, but he is clearly the most skilled, and you can tell 11 goals, 23 points in 27 games. That might not be what the expectation was, but I think he's having a hell of a year. I think that probably was about expectation for him to be maybe a little under a point per game. I mean, looking back at at other examples of forward drafted first overall, um, that is pretty much on par with what their rookie season's we're like in that 60 to 70 point range. And that's pretty much what he's on pace for. if not a little above that right now. And he's doing it with a far inferior supporting cast to, to what a lot of those other first overall picks did. So I think he pretty much has been right on expectations. Um, and he, you're right. He's been doing it uh, largely by himself. He's been mainly playing with Philip Kurashev, um And now Anthony Bovillier is his first line uh, teammates who are, are decent players, but, but definitely not, uh, the kind of guys you would normally see in the first line of most teams. So it's been impressive the way he's handled things on and off the ice. His, his shot has lived up to expectations, and uh, he's, he's been able to make a, a good number of plays and work well in traffic and kind of check all the boxes so far. Uh, Boris Kachuk on waivers. Now he has cleared, heading down to the minors. Uh, pretty good hockey player. I mean, when I watch him, I can see why he's in the National Hockey League. Does that speak to the depth of this team? Because they have some injuries, and they, he's still an extra guy who can't get in the lineup. Uh, Kachuk has definitely been inconsistent over the past couple of years since being here. He does have some, some strong games where he, he really gets on the forecheck, he brings a physical presence, and he looks like a guy that they could definitely stick around as a bottom sixer on most rosters. And then other nights where 
Um, he, he just doesn't really do too much, uh, just kind of an invisible impact. So uh, it varies day to day, game to game, and he had been a healthy scratch for the last four, and they want to get him back playing, so that's why he's going back to Rockford. Um, it's really also been partially that Joey Anderson, uh, journeyman who'd been in the Devils and Maple Leafs organization, um, who came over in a trade last spring, um, has been called up in the wake of the Hall and Perry injuries and um, been playing really well. He's at, he has four assists in, in 10 games and has been making a, a strong impact defensively and on the forecheck on the third line next to Jason Dickinson, who's having a career year. So I think Hall, uh, I mean, Anderson has kind of jumped over Kachuk and uh, it's sort of a statement as much as on how well Anderson has played um, that, that they decided to make this move and kind of cement Anderson's spot permanently moving forward. Uh, you, you mentioned Dickinson. He scored nine goals as a career high last year for Chicago and really, I thought, uh, kind of emerged this year. He's got nine already in 27 games. What, what has been uh, the corner that he's turned? He's 28, so this is a little late for him to, to do this. And is it real? And what's he done to, to put himself in this kind of spot? Well, he's just a really intelligent player, um, just a you know, top percentile guy in terms of just hockey IQ and just ability to read the play. And I think in Dallas, where he had spent most of his career, he was in much more of a, a defensive shutdown role. There wasn't really many opportunities for him to produce. And, um, and also just the way he is, he's kind of the guy who keeps learning and keeps improving even as he gets you know, into his prime and beyond just because he is such a smart guy. And it seems like with a little bit more opportunity, like he, he played a bit with Patrick Kane even last season um, on this Hawks team. And then just the, the kind of guy he is, he's really seized the, the opportunity and, and developed his offensive um, the side of his game, but while still being probably their best defensive forward. So uh, it has been really impressive. He's been a bright spot for sure over the past uh, year and a half since coming in here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if maybe he gets some trade interest, uh, you know, as we get further along this season as the guy who, who could bring an impact in a lot of different areas for a contender. That's my next question. You must be reading my notes. I, I wonder, there are players on this team that are going to have value. Uh, I think Morozik, you know, is a guy that, that, you know, based on his performance alone, contracts aside, he's a guy that, that probably would uh, have some interest depending upon what, what t- team needs are. And if there's an interest out there from other uh, NHL teams, but what, what do you see them doing? Is everybody uh, who's a UFA sort of open for business, or or do you see them maybe pulling back one or two guys and not moving them? Well, it's it's still so early to say, and I do think they're going to wait until you know right around the deadline to move anybody, just because as we've talked about, this roster has already lost so many pieces, and they don't want to with all the young guys they have, they don't want to just completely just you know send them out to the wolves with no support at all. So guys like Mrazek, like Jason Dickinson, like Tyler Johnson, who's another pending UFA who might get some trade interest. I think they're going to want to keep them, you know, into February to get the most out of them as they can before then at that point, then the prudent move probably becomes to see what you might be able to get for them in terms of draft picks on the, the market. Um, so it's, it's early to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept a couple guys, but I mean, this is still a rebuild. They're still trying to accumulate long-term assets, and uh, I think it's it's probably worth it, uh, at least for a couple guys, to to trade two months of them uh, for a second or third round pick if that's available. So, I mean, I I think that'll be Kyle Davidson's mentality once we get towards February. But for now, 
he's going to want to keep things stable as possible for the next few months just because there already has been such instability. The, the, the Blackhawks as an organization, I think we all know where they're headed and what the build is. Uh, what's the sense of, uh, of the, the quality of drafting? Because, it, you know, this, this is a, a build or a rebuild that is, you know, it's, it's not brand new, but it's, it's in the early stages, certainly, you know, seventh overall in 2022, uh, Krochinski's really played well. Uh, but there's Nazar and there's some others from a year ago and obviously Bedard. It's early days, but how, how is the group of like 20 players drafted over the last two years doing overall? Well, it seems to me that they're generally progressing as expected. I would say among the prospect group this year, um, there hasn't been anyone who's really blown up, but there hasn't been any big disappointments really either. Uh, just looking around, you know, juniors and, and college hockey at all the prospects they have stashed everywhere. Um, it's really going to just take time to see how this regime does with these draft picks, uh, how Davidson and, and Mike Donahue, who is the scouting director that he put in place, um, how it fares. I mean, Nazar's struggle with injuries last year didn't really play that much in Michigan, but he's, he's back on form this year. Looks like he's kind of back on the track the Hawks expected. It wouldn't be surprising to see him turn pro after this coming season, um, you know, next summer. Um, Oliver Moore, who was the 19th overall pick this past summer, uh, the other second, the other first-rounder after Bedard, the Hawks were thrilled to get him. They've been trying to trade up into the higher teams to get him, and he's off to a pretty solid start uh, at Minnesota, pretty much what you'd expect from him. Uh, so it's just going to take time. Uh, the, they fortunately have benefited that um, – a few of the picks that Stan Bowman made in his later years have, have panned out pretty well, too. Alex Vlasic, a second-rounder in 2019, uh, has been really impressive this year. Uh, he's probably going to be their number one defenseman tonight without Seth Jones, and, and he's really taken a big step over the past few years. He's going to be a, a top-four um, guy for years to come. Uh, Isaac Phillips was a fifth-round pick. He's playing a pretty big role. Lucas Reichel has dealt with his struggles this year, but still – a lot of potential for the future. He was a first rounder in 2020. So uh, I would say things have progressed, you know, as you'd expect with the draft picks uh, about on expectations, but it'll just take time to see, you know, exactly how many of these lottery picks they hit on in terms of the, the more recent guys. Final question for you, Ben Pope is in regard to, uh, I'm looking at uh, Puckpedia. It looks like 13.6 million in current cap space. Um, all fans want their owner to weaponize that cap space and make deals that benefit them heavily draft-wise, prospects-wise. Uh, are the Chicago Blackhawks in the mood to do that again? I think they would certainly be open to it again at the deadline this year, um, not only to, to get more assets, but also just to kind of get some warm bodies to fill out the roster, especially if they do move some guys like Dickinson or, or Johnson, um, to just to you know, be able to get through the end of the season. So I think they'd certainly be interested in that. There's a ton of cap space right now, as you mentioned, and even more for next year. I think they only have like $35 million or something in that range committed for next season. They're not going to want to take on long-term commitments because, you know, in a year or two, they're going to want to start to build this back up. And some of their young guys like Korczynski, Bedard, Reichel are going to start to need their second contract. So you're not going to want to take on, you know, a, a multi-year bad contract. But for the end of this season or, or maybe for next season, I think they would be interested in that. Ben Pulp, thank you. Appreciate your time.